Thursday. Welcome to the Colby Daniels Podcast presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, and Delta 8. If you're unfamiliar with any of these products, it's all about educating yourself, and they have a staff dedicated to helping you live a better life. So don't hesitate to give them a call with any questions you may have, 405-458-9699. Plus, we are saving you 15% off your online order at abotanicalcompany.com. Go to the website, use the discount code Colby Show, and you'll save 15%. They also have a drive-through at their pickup, so it's easy, safe, and efficient to pick up your order after you get 15% off at abotanicalcompany.com. All right, rewinding last week to UFC 259, we'll break down the 15-fight card that was unbelievable. This was a card that we talked about on paper being one of the best cards in UFC history. It absolutely delivered. The first five fights of the night had finishes, three title fights, there was controversy, there were legacies at stake. I mean, this fight card had it all. UFC 259 last Saturday night absolutely delivered. So we'll break it all down and we'll make our picks for this upcoming card on Saturday night. It's Bilal Muhammad and Leon Edwards in the main event. That is going to be a blockbuster fight as well. So excited to talk UFC again with my good buddy, Will Brewer. Will Brewer, what is happening, my man? Man, uh, a lot is happening in the world of (laughs) MMA. That's for sure. Goodness, what a weekend it was. I'm excited to get to start talking about it, man. We we had been looking forward to that card for weeks, and the excitement by the time fight day finally got here was through the roof. And and look, for a 15-fight card that had that many mega matchups, it 100% delivered. I mean, we talked about how, on paper, it was one of the greatest cards in UFC history. Uh, I think in the aftermath, when it's all said and done, it's it's going to be one of those all-timers that, that is forever remembered. Yeah, it looked great on paper, and I always said, even if it looks good on paper, it has to deliver, and this fight card, I mean, unlike some of the other ones that had three title fights, they delivered, the main cards were good, but this one, the main card was good, and so much happened on the main card that people are kind of overlooking what happened on the prelims, on the early prelims, like, the early prelims was so phenomenal that I'm like, man, I don't know if the main card's going to be able to keep up, but then... (laughs) We get to the main card, and so much happened on the main card that we're barely even talking about everything that happened on the early prelims. So from top to bottom, it was good on paper, and it absolutely delivered. Well, let's jump straight into the main event, and this was a fight that last week we spent probably 30 minutes just discussing this fight alone and and all the different angles of this fight. And, And the one thing that I think where we both stood was not quite understanding why it seemed... All of the people out there that that are way smarter than us as far as this sport goes just thought that this was Israel Adesanya's fight and that I think really when you heard people talk about it last week leading up to the fight, it just didn't seem like many people were giving Jan a legit chance to win this fight. Certainly there were people that thought if he landed a big punch, he could win via knockout. But I don't think many people really felt like that was a realistic possibility. And that was... A hell of a fight. What an amazing fight that was in the main event. Yeah, we got to give a lot of more credit to uh, Jan Blahovich. I mean, even though it took us a long time to, you know, pick who we wanted, who we thought was going to win, we both probably thought going in that if it came down to it, do we really think that Jan's going to beat Izzy uh, in, in a decision? Like, we probably thought his best way to win 
was to knock him out. And Jan proved, man, that he's actually good everywhere. He's got a really, really good fight IQ uh, in the championship rounds. He's, uh, his cardio held up. So, I mean, Jan is a, a champion for a reason. He definitely showed it. And, you know, Izzy, Izzy too, man. We He made a he took a risk going up 15 pounds, going up to uh, 205. And, you know, it showed, you know, that size, you know, yeah. uh, he went, he went in light. Uh, he didn't put on any weight. I think it was probably a decision that him and his camp had to make as far as do I want to put on weight, put on muscle and lose my speed advantage? Or do I want to keep my speed advantage and not put on any weight and just try to, you know, use you try to weasel my way out of these wrestling and grappling transitions. So um, I think that was a de his decision to just not put on any weight, keep the speed advantage and see if he can knock him out. But I mean, that fight, I mean, five rounds, I mean, very technical matchup. It wasn't a bra or anything. It was just two guys just going toe to toe, man. And uh, I thought it was just a game of inches and yeah. Jan pulled it out. I know the scorecards may say that this fight wasn't as close as the fight we watched for 25 minutes, but in all honesty, I don't think there was a 10-8 round in that fight, first and foremost. Man. So the fact that there My was God. any two-point differentials in a single round to me was crazy. But that said, if you had told me that Izzy won the first three rounds and Jan won the second, the last two, and Izzy wins the fight 3-2, okay, like I, I, I could buy that. I didn't think that was the case. I definitely thought Jan had won round two, and and yeah. I, I don't think there's any disputing Jan had won round four and five. So, um, you know, if you wanted to give Jan round one, I, I don't really have a big issue with that. I think Izzy won round one, but any of those first three rounds, I think were up for grabs. None of those were so clear cut in one guy's favor or the other that, you know, if, if this ends up being a four to one or a three to two, like it could have gone a number of ways when it was all said and done. I think the only thing I felt 100% about when, when they got to 25 minutes was Jan won four and five, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure on who was going to get the other rounds. Absolutely. I agree. 100%. I had it. Uh, Izzy went in round one. I thought round two was close, but I thought Jan was more aggressive. Yeah. Uh, he landed more strikes. Uh, the third round, I gave that one to Izzy, and then four or five, Jan won pretty handily. But I will say, in that fifth round, for them to give it a 10-8, like, yeah. I don't know what the what the criteria is for a 10-8 nowadays. I mean, back in, back when I first started watching, it was really difficult to get a 10-8, but now you kind of see it uh, thrown around more often. But I thought, um, for the first half of that round, I thought Izzy was kind of edging him, and I felt like Jan felt he needed to get this takedown to uh, – to secure this win. I don't feel like he uh, just got the takedown and was just looking to beat him up and get the 10, eight. You know, I, I definitely don't think that at all. I think um, he knew that this fight was close. It could have went either way and he needed to do something to solidify the win. And he did that with that, with that takedown in the fifth round. But in that, the first half, like the first two minutes and 30 seconds, I thought Izzy could, you know, I thought he was on his way to winning the championship, to be honest with you. Yeah, halfway through the fifth round, I thought it was close. I didn't necessarily get the feeling that one guy or the other had taken an advantage because like everybody else, for me, it was 2-2 going into that fifth. And halfway through the fifth, my exact thought, like moments before the takedown was, this is a very close round. And I mean, it, this thing is very much up for grabs. Either guy still has the opportunity to win this fight. So yeah, the fact that, that it went, uh, to a two-point round to me was was crazy. I, I think you have to have 
a guy dominate a fight basically from start to finish in a round for it to be a two-pointer. Or if it's not completely from start to finish, it's just got to be you know so dominating in the maybe half round that the other guy is just battered and bloody. And I mean, you can see the physical beating taking place. So um, that's kind of where I stand on the whole two-point round. And that's certainly not what happened. Jan definitely dominated him on the ground, but it's not like... He was just punching his lights out. You know what I mean? He, 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 he fought a smart fight and he he grinded the thing out down the stretch. But yeah, certainly not a two not a two pointer for me. He dominated on the ground. He dominated, but it wasn't like he was punching his lights out and getting a, adding a whole bunch of numbers on the ground. He was dominating him from the sense of Izzy couldn't get up and yeah. uh, when Izzy tried to move, it was really difficult. He could probably only transition. From uh, from half guard to to full guard, um, that's probably the only thing that Izzy could do. But Jan really wasn't advancing much. He was just kind of laying on him, and uh, you know, he was passing sometimes. Like he, there was a few times he would get into side control, and then, but in the fifth round, at the very end, he did get the full mount, and he ended that round perfect. So right. maybe that's why they gave him the ten eight because of how the round ended. The round ended with. Yawn on top of him in full mount, uh, raining down punches on him. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that's why they gave him the 10-8, but still, that's just 10 seconds of of punches, you know? And that's that's not enough to warrant a 10-8. You know, I've seen guys like Usman and Khabib dominate for, for five rounds, add up numbers, then they'll get a 10-8. But, you know, what Yan did in the fifth round uh, with this takedown, that didn't warrant a 10-8 to me. Yeah, agreed. Uh, a couple takeaways. Yan, I thought, fought a brilliant fight. He was extremely smart with his his defense the entire way. He didn't allow Izzy to just completely pick him apart. I, I thought that it was kind of funny to me that the guys calling the fight kept kept referencing how Yan was biting on all the feints, and I'm like, if he, I mean, I, he's doing, I think, what he needs to do in this fight, or Izzy's going to completely pick him apart. So. I thought it was kind of funny that they were throwing that out there while, you know, Jan is, is fighting the fight the way he was because I thought it was very smart the way he was fighting it. He was very cautious. He was picking his opportunities. I also think Izzy is, and, and I know he hates when he gets this compliment, but I think he's he's got more of a chin than, than he's given credit for because I, I, even though Jan didn't maybe deliver the KO shot, he still hit him with some big shots. And we never really saw Izzy get rattled in that fight. Absolutely. Jan definitely tested his chin. Uh, Izzy took some unbelievable shots. Uh, he didn't t- – uh, that one shot that, that a Dominic Reyes and Luke Rocco took, uh, the counter strike that you don't see coming, he didn't take that one. Uh, I think all the shots that Jan uh, threw at him, he pretty – he knew it was coming. It was just a matter of he couldn't get out of the way fast enough. And right. Izzy's really fast, but, you know, Jan is, you know, give him credit, man. Jan is pretty fast in his own right. And, you know, I think a lot of people fall prisoner to to watching Izzy fight. Like me, I was watching Izzy and I kind of wasn't even paying attention to all the great things that Jan was doing. Right. You're, so yeah, he kind of captivates your eyes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm noticing him. Uh, land strikes I'm noticing him getting out of the way of strikes and then like they show the numbers on the on the screen and I'm like wow has Jan really hit him that many times yeah. like I thought Izzy's probably and has Izzy not hit him that many times so uh 
I felt I definitely felt prisoner to that. But then as I started watching Jan and I started watching him go, like Jan was very technical on the feet. You know, they say that he's slow, but you know, I think he was fighting a really, really good fight, a really smart fight. And it was something that Izzy wasn't expecting. I don't think he expected Jan to be as uh, as smart as he was on the feet. Yeah. I, I had several friends watching that fight. And after round one, I, I received multiple texts. Uh, Izzy, easy, 1-0, you know, easy win. And I yeah. was like, what fight are you watching? Because I, <laughs> you just made a great point. And, and I think we all do this with guys like Izzy. And there are certainly other names in the UFC that we do this with. But... I made it a point in this fight to watch Jan's side of things. And that first round, I again, I thought Izzy probably edged it out, but I didn't think it was an easy round by any means. And I definitely thought that could be a coin flip round. It's very close. And then the numbers even showed that it was extremely close. So, yeah, I thought that's a, a really good example of the way that Izzy fights. He's so dynamic. He's such a, as uh, Joe Rogan likes to call call him a sophisticated striker uh, yeah. <laughs> that, uh, you know, he, I, I think he does command your eyes in a fight. And sometimes you're not paying as much attention to what the other guy is doing, the shots the other guy might not be getting hit with, and the shots the other guy is is ultimately landing. But, dude, it was a great fight. It, it, I was yeah. on the edge of my seat for about 10 seconds, and then I was standing up the rest of the way, heart beating <laughs> out of my chest. I, like, I felt like I was sweating, but I wasn't sweating. The intensity was off the charts. It was awesome. Yeah, that was a great fight. And, I mean, I was on the edge of my seat too, man. Like, even though that these guys were really showing each other uh, immense respect and everything, you knew that any mistake, that any one mistake that either guy made yeah. could be the end of the fight. And you, and you could see with Izzy just sliding just out of the way of these power strikes. Or Jan, you know, biting on these face. There's a reason he's biting on these face. Like, Izzy's really fast. You know, if he doesn't bite, that could be the shot that ends the fight. So, I mean, for me, that fight was amazing. Uh, I remember I got I got had a lot of friends texting me, too. And at the end of the third round, one of my friends texted me, and he goes, Izzy's drowning him. Uh, he's making uh, – he's, ga he's gassing him out. And I'm like, whoo, Yeah. <laughs> I got some casual yeah. friends. Yeah. Well, look, Yon <laughs> so. was certainly getting worn down in the the fifth round. You you could tell that the gas tank was was uh, getting low. And and look, that's another reason why the takedown made a lot of sense there and why it worked for him so well. Uh, it, I, I don't think there's any disputing. Izzy was the fresher fighter going into the final round. But yeah, I mean, it's to 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 watch that fight and for so many people to to see it as one sided <clears throat> as they saw it to me was was pretty crazy. And again, it just goes to show you maybe why so many people going into the fight didn't think Jan had a, a, a big chance. Well, I mean, people didn't think Jan had a big chance, but I think for sure now, Jan's going to get all the credit, all the respect he deserves, all these guys that have been, uh, that he's been fighting, he's been the underdog for a majority of it. I think now, especially with Glover on the horizon, we're definitely going to give him the respect, the respect he deserves. He's going to be the favorite most likely. And, you know, he's a very, very worthy champion. And he's not Absolutely. a guy that's going to talk noise. I mean, he's shown all his opponents respect. Uh, he's not going to talk noise or down none of these guys to try to get uh, pay-per-views or nothing. He's just going to let his fight and do the talking. And uh, Jan's a very, very talented fighter. Yeah. How can you uh, How can you not appreciate the way that he approached that thing? 
the way that he fought. I mean, he I, I think he had the ultimate respect for his opponent, but he fought his fight, didn't back down, followed his game plan. And uh, what, I mean, what a terrific fight. I can't say enough about how much I enjoyed that 25 minutes. And uh, yeah, very deserving champion. Uh, Izzy at 205. A lot of conversation about this over the week. Is it smart for him to, to, to get away from 205 for a while to maybe rethink things? How do you see his future if, if he decided to go back to 205? Man, um, I think Izzy going forward, man, uh, if he wants to go back to 205, he's going to have to put on some, not a lot of size, but he's going to have to put on some size because uh, he was getting taken down rather effortlessly, uh, especially in the later rounds. And it made me think, like, if he's going to be fighting a 205-er, who's a really skilled wrestler. Um, Jan, I mean, Jan's pretty solid, but he's not the greatest wrestler. Uh, if, he, if Izzy was to fight um, one of these guys who's really good on the ground, I, like um, John Jones Goliath, is, is the one that or, we're... Or the, yeah. or the John Joneses of the world. Um, I, you know, I don't really see how it would be much different. Uh, Izzy would have to, you know, knock, knock these guys out. We really got, we really saw, like, what defense, deficiencies he does have. Uh, when he's fighting bigger guys or guys who are his size. So I think eventually, if he wants to go back up to 205, he's going to have to put on some size. But I think this was kind of like a trial run uh, in a way because, you know, this is his first 205-pound fight in the UFC, you know, first MMA light heavyweight fight. So um, there's, I don't think, you know, he lost any stock or anything. He can still go down to middleweight, dominate. But, you know, there's always going to be that kind of that cloud over him, like, you know, he can't go up to 205 and do what he's doing to these middleweights, you know. So um, for me, I just think he needs to I think he needs to find a balance to where he can put on muscle, but still be uh, as fast as he is. So I think just maybe putting on five, 10 pounds of muscle and yeah. uh, uh, give your body time to uh, adjust to where you're still be able to, you know, be fast and be quick and be able to land all your strikes. So I feel like if he would have came into this fight at 220 let's say i think that fight would have just been he would have been able to he would have fought jan's fight like that would have been perfect for jan if he would have came in right because him and jan probably would have been the same speed right you know? that, yeah jan, i was about to say then he's not really izzy at that point right yeah he's not really izzy at that point he's more of just like a a guy who's kind of of a power striker who's really sophisticated but you know jan's probably going to be able to catch him um more often so for me, I just think he needs to put on a little bit more size. But, you know, I definitely feel like uh, he was in that fight. Yeah. And, there, you know, here or there, if he would have landed the right the right punch, he could have put Jan out. So uh, he, he performed really well. Yeah. Um, I, I think all that fight did for me was say the Jones fight right now probably isn't the one to make because we saw yeah. the difference on the ground. And, you know, I just, I, I, I just see that being a really tough time for Izzy. Uh, at this point, but the rest of the 205ers, I, I mean, here's the thing. We talked about this a while back too. What if Izzy won and then decided to stay at 205 and, and Glover was the next guy? Like, yeah. what is Izzy going to do when Glover gets on top of him? Well, I think that we kind of just got that answered. There was no way that was going to work very well. Uh, so guys like Glover, it's going to be a problem. But look, are we even having this conversation if those first three rounds, which very easily could have all been awarded to Izzy, 
go to Izzy and he wins that fight 3-2. I mean, if he's the champion, he wins the fight despite getting dominated on the ground in those final two rounds. He, like I said, if they had given him that fight by decision, it wouldn't have surprised me because I thought all three of those first three rounds were close enough that you couldn't definitively say either way that one guy or the other had won it. So Izzy could have won that fight. And then is this even a, a conversation this week? Yeah, absolutely. He he could have won the fight um, 3-2, but I think it would have been a matter of uh, double champion. You know, we probably wouldn't even been talking about it, but I think yeah. the real like MMA purist would have been like, however, he's the champion, he's great and everything, yeah. but he lost rounds four and five. He was dominated on the ground. And then I think John Jones would have saw that and been like, oh, yeah, I can dominate this kid. Yeah. Like, if y'all can do that, I'll come down and I'll – uh, easily just wreck this kid, make a whole bunch of money, take my title back, go up to heavyweight, and just call it a night. Um, yeah, man. I I think if Izzy would have won, uh, a lot of people just would have been like, I told you, you know, Izzy's the man, he's yeah. the greatest thing alive, all this stuff. But, like, the real MMA hardcore fans would have known, like, if, if, his next, if his next fight is against John Jones, it's not going to go well for him either way. Yeah. Well, we don't have to go down that road, at least now. Uh, Izzy returns to 185, where, to me, there's just such a massive gap between him and everybody else. I think he continues to completely dominate that division. Uh, maybe at, at some other point, he decides to go back up. Um, I, I just kind of feel like he's he's somewhat in no man's land because he's so much better than the 185ers. But then, you know, we saw the, we saw the gap as far as being on the ground against... Uh, against Jan, and there's the question about, you know, the ground guys in that, that next weight class, and, and could he hold up from that perspective? But Jan even said this in one of, his, one of the many interviews he did after that fight. He was asked if he was surprised about anything, and he said that Izzy wasn't as fast as he thought he would be, but he had more power than he thought he would have. thought that was interesting. Yeah, that is interesting, uh, because... I thought it would be more of, you know, Izzy was really, really fast, but he's able to have a whole bunch of volume. But, you know, maybe he wasn't able to hit him clean uh, as much as he wanted. Uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, man, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, you know, I think it's pro it probably goes both ways. I think Izzy probably went into that fight expecting a very slow but powerful Jan, and Jan was probably quicker than he gave him credit for. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, he mm -hmm. ate some of the punches, and, and they didn't maybe shake him as much as he thought initially. Uh, and the other way around, you know, I think you probably go into that fight, like, thinking, Izzy's just going to be so much faster than me, and he's going to touch me a lot. Uh, and I think, you know, when, when he actually saw the speed, it wasn't as lightning quick as he thought it was, and there was a little bit more impact behind the punches than just touches. So I think sometimes it's, you get caught up maybe in just what the stereotype around a fighter is and, and your mind might take that to the extreme. So that's probably the way I would uh, sum it up, but. Yeah, I definitely see that. Um, yeah. I got to give Jan more credit, man, because he, he looked more fast than I thought he was. And then Izzy, uh, Fighting a light heavyweight the way he did, making Jan bite on all the fates and all that. Like, I definitely didn't think that it was going to go all five rounds. And if it did, I definitely gave the edge to Izzy. But 
man, Jan's fight IQ show, showed in this fight. Uh, his quickness, his uh, his strength on the ground, like all of that showed in this fight. Yeah. And uh, same with Izzy, man. Even though he lost, uh, I saw a lot of toughness from him. Uh, I saw a lot of fight IQ from him. Uh, he was being very cautious, but he was still he was still scoring uh, in the, in those uh, first three rounds, and he definitely could have won. But you know, moving forward, he just got to put on some more size. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's talk about Amanda Nunes. As uh, I, I don't even know if I have the vocabulary to describe her dominance. This was a fight that we thought she would win. Uh, I don't think there was anybody, even though I tried to to persuade you to go Megan Anderson, uh, I don't think there was anybody that legitimately thought this was going to be a, a, a test for Amanda. Uh, but good Lord. I mean, it was, I mean, what the fight last? A little over a minute? I think like a minute 10? Yeah, I think like a minute and a half at most. From the bell. It would just, uh, she was on her and you just thought, okay, well, this, uh, like, as soon as the thing started, you just knew, like, it's a matter of time before this is going to end. Like, there was just never a, a moment, you know, as soon as Amanda got on her where you thought, maybe this will be a good fight. Man, I thought, okay, so I, get, I think I've been a prisoner of, you know, Amanda's last two fights of thinking, she's just going to coast these fights, man. Like, you know, she knows that she's better everywhere than these girls, she's just going to coast. And, like, against Jermaine Durand to me, she did that, uh, used her wrestling, uh, and then just kind of coasted. Felicia Spencer, that wasn't even a, you know, a contest, really. Just yeah. five rounds of pure dominance. So I was kind of thinking, like, Like you playing know, with your food Amanda, almost, right? It, it, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I thought, like, Amanda would kind of just take an approach of, like, this girl's not going to be able to hurt me. I'm just going to go out there and just – you know, do my thing and get a decision. I, I didn't think she had it in her mind to just want to go out there and completely dominate this girl and just get get it over with. But as the fight started, you know, I, it was so interesting because I was like, what is Amanda going to do against the, against the girl so tall? Because Megan Anderson, she's all of six foot, long legs, long arms. Yeah. So I was kind of wondering what Amanda's approach was going to be. The fight starts, Megan's kind of, you know, pressuring her a little bit. Uh, Amanda threw a little leg kick in like the first five seconds, and then she unloads this right, this right, right. hand that just that just clipped her. And then you just kind of see Me on Megan's face like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like I like she wanted out from there. Like, yeah. And then Amanda hit her with another one, and then you can just see like her legs weren't under her anymore. Like she was about to fall over, and you know Amanda just you know, took over from there and got that submission. And that submission was crazy at, at that. Like, I've never seen a submission like that. Uh, like a inverted triangle arm bar type, type submission. It was, it was awesome, man. Um, Amanda, that's the GOAT. Yeah. Yeah, no question. Uh, I was thinking on Saturday night, remember when we all used to think Ronda Rousey was just incredibly dominant and, and like going to go down as the greatest women's fighter of all time. And it's just amazing how far we've come in that short amount of time. Right. Absolutely. Uh, man, I remember there was talk of Ronda Rousey beating Floyd Mayweather or fighting men and all this stuff. Ronda was getting girls out of there in like 10, 12 seconds yeah. because she was so good on, uh, with her submissions and stuff. Yeah. But man, like, 
Amanda's coming in here, and she's beating all the former champions. She's dominating in two different weight classes. I mean, I can't say enough about Amanda. Dominating in different um, ways? Yeah. She, dominating she'll dominate you stand-up. She'll dominate you on the ground. If you're, if you're a fan, even if you're a casual, you have to uh, respect Amanda Nunes because she's going to be able to give you your money's worth one way or another. She's yeah. either going to batter the girl or you're going to – for the hardcores, you're going to be able to see how dominant that she is. Like, man, Amanda's a superstar. Uh, she's the greatest. I mean, for her to beat Ronda Rousey in one round and, and Cyborg in one round, like, for me, that just gave her the GOAT, stat, the GOAT belt right there. But now she's defending two belts in two different weight classes, dominating these girls. Like, none of these fights are close. It's either it's a knockout or it's a five-round domination. So, like, oh, I mean, what can you say about yeah. Amanda? Who, who, who is, who is, who's left? Yeah, exactly. Who's, who's left? Who's next? What makes sense for Amanda Nunes next? Well, um, I mean, featherweight. There's no rankings, right? And so, and then you got to go to 135, and you think like, who? Who's there that she hasn't beat? So, like, the, the top of the division in 135, Jermaine Durandamy, she's beat her. Holly Holm, she's beat her. Um, so, it's, it's like, who who's left? So, then, you know, you get this interview today from uh, Juliana Pena, and she's, man, for, like, 15 minutes straight, she's going on a rant about how pissed she is about how Amanda Nunez won't fight her and how um, Amanda's been ducking her. For what it's worth, I think Juliana Pena is good. I think she's got a yeah, style that could bother uh, Amanda and everything. But she's lost. Um, I mean, if if she would have won that, these fights that she's that she's lost, she would have got a title shot a long time ago. But when that fight right before the title shot, right before that fight to solidify your title shot, she always loses. Yeah, like she fought Valentina a while back, a while back, and uh, Valentina submitted her. She goes off. I think she had a baby. She comes back. Uh, she got a win. And then uh, she fought Jermaine Durandamy. And Jermaine submitted her, too. So I'm like, man, you're doing all this talking about Amanda's ducking you. But really, you're not winning these fights to give yourself a title shot. You're yeah. losing th that fight to give yourself the title shot. So really, I don't understand, like, where she's coming from. I, I guess, like, now she kind of has, like, a, um, a, a point for a title shot because... You know, there's really nothing there for Amanda. Right, like, it's, yeah. yeah, there's just nobody else. There's nothing there. And then on top of that, like, she was supposed to fight Holly Holm, and then that fight got uh, Holly Holm pulled out. So now it's just like she's looking for a fight, and she's calling out Amanda. So I'm like, why not? You know, give it to her. You know, she's 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 coming off a win. So, I mean, she's got that going for her. So she's got a good style. So, yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah, the uh, I, I'm curious. There's going to be... And an Amanda Valentina three at some point, right? Yeah. Like, cause the, I mean, you're already, we're having the conversation right now. Who's left. That's going to happen at some point. I think it just becomes a matter of when, and is that the next fight to make? Yeah. I think it's one of those things where, um, how we, how you always say that, uh, Connor and Nate, like it's always, always going to be, be there. there. Yeah. I feel like it's the same thing with Amanda and Valentina. I feel like that fight's always going to be there because they're so dominant. I think they're just kind of waiting for that right time. And I think 
Uh, we may see it if Valentina wins her next fight. Yeah. We might see it uh, here in the next year. But, you know, also, you know, Valentina could go down or not go down, but have uh, Weili Zhang or Rose come up to fight her. So, I mean, I think they're kind of, you know, she's kind of waiting to see what the best matchup is because we, ha- we have seen that matchup twice with Nunez and Valentina. But for me, for both of them, like, those are the only fights where it's even competitive. So yeah. <laughs> I would want to see that, see it again. Agreed. All right, let's talk about the third championship fight or rewinding to last Saturday, the first one uh, that, oh. that was fought. Um, dude, this was bananas. <laughs> From the fight that we actually saw to the way it was going to the way that it ended to the outcome. I mean... <laughs> This as this is as bizarre as anything I've ever seen in the sport. I mean, maybe going back to the the whole Habib Connor thing. This is probably like the next craziest thing since that point, right? Absolutely. I didn't even think about that about the Habib Connor fight. But as far as just craziness, just madness, I've man for a title fight to end that way, and for there to be a title change in that way. It's crazy, man. But just to just to start at the beginning uh, with this fight, man. I mean, and and you uh, said it best. Like Aljo came out with like a, a nervous energy. Nervous man. energy, like, yeah. Like for you know, we were kind of talking about it was probably because it's a title fight. I think the game plan, and uh, he said this uh, in interviews, talking about how he wanted to break Peter Yan. I think, man, the game plan was to pressure him and, uh, you know, keep the pressure and then just, you know, find the takedown when it when it presents itself. Yeah. But Jan was so defensively sound that Aljo's just at getting to a point where he's just throwing strikes that had no meaning, right. no power to right. him. He's just he's just throwing strikes. It was just, just throwing. frantic. Yeah, just frantic and just throwing and like doing spinning shit and <laughs> kicking r- random kicks and all this stuff. And you're just like, bro, like, yeah, relax. Like, you, you have like these fighters and fans, like, everyone tweeting, like, Aljo, calm down. Like, yeah, har- hardcore fans, casual fans, all alike. They all were on the same page on this one. Like, Aljo, man, you gotta chill out. Like, I don't know what it was. Uh, it was his first title shot, so maybe he was just too fired up. But, man, yeah. for him to come out like that and then, you know, Peter Jan is just kind of just waiting, uh, you know, very defensively sound. Um, nothing really – I felt like kind of really hit him clean. And then, you know, Jan was hurting him. Uh, he knocked him down in the first round. And then, you know, after that first round, you could just, you could just see, like, Aljo was just going – it was just going down, down. I mean, he was still just yeah. throwing strikes, but – you know, I was kind of just waiting for Jan to land that one strike to put him out. I mean, I was going for Aljo. But it felt like it was, it was a matter going, of time, yeah. Yeah, it just felt like it was just a matter of time, man. And I was surprised to hear at, at the end that uh, Aljo was ahead on, on a judge's <laughs> scorecard. And I'm just like, where did he win two rounds? Yeah. Like, I, I know he won that first round because of just activity. But, you know, the second and third rounds, was, that was all Peter Jan. And then... Um, that illegal strike, man. Man. Uh, well, let, so, let me before we get there. Let me let me just say this: I, the okay. nervous energy thing. I think you know the title fight, the whole thing, the buildup. Um, I mean, there were a lot of added elements to this fight compared to Aljo's other fights, 
And look, Aljo fights up. I mean, he generally has uses a lot of pressure. He's somewhat awkward, you know, like, so like maybe for some people they watch that and that just looked like Aljo. But I think generally there's more of a calculation with what he's doing and it doesn't feel as random as it felt, right? Like the strikes just felt completely random. They didn't feel calculated. Um, it, it was just very bizarre. And it just seemed like he gassed himself so quickly. And, and you mentioned that the first round going to Aljo, like that first round ended and I knew in my mind that he had won the round. But I also was like, I would have a hard, like, I, I feel like, nasty about giving him that round because when that round was done like every ounce of me believed Pewter Jan's winning this fight agreed it, it, after the end of that round it seemed like Aljo just poured his heart out in that round and gave everything that he had in that first round Yeah, and the fight's still going and it just didn't look good for the rest of the yeah, fight yeah like you, you have four more of these now yeah you've and, got four more of these yeah <laughs> And you just gave everything and never did any damage. And, I mean, this is now Jan's fight. This is exactly what he wants. He stuffed every, I mean, half of those takedowns, Will, in that fight. I mean, like, I was like, I know Aljo is considerably better than this. Like, it was just, it was so wild. And look, I think we have to give Jan some credit for how good his defense is. I'm I'm not trying to say that, that Jan's not good in that way. But Aljo is much sharper than what we saw on Saturday night. So, yeah, that first round ended, and I thought, man, that's I'll give Aljo the round, but like it's almost like a you know Jan had a moral victory in round one because like if I'm in his corner, I'm like, dude, you got four <laughs> rounds now to do what you want with this guy. He's, yeah, he's drowning. Like, uh, yeah, man, and it was just more to me. It was more a matter of Peter Jan. He's doing great. Uh, he definitely showed me a lot of things. Uh, that I didn't believe uh, going into the fight. But I thought it was more of Aljo just completely gassing himself out more than Jan doing anything. Because I didn't really feel like Jan did much, but Aljo just really just (laughs) gave, just poured his heart out, just gave everything that he had in that first round. And then in the second round, just, it was so bad, man. Like those takedown attempts, like they were so sloppy. And then, the way that he was getting taken down, like yeah. John literally put his hand on his chest just, and kind of threw him down. He was getting thrown to the ground. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, just, right. Just thrown around. And, and yeah, that's that's not Aljo's style at all, man. Right. I mean, I get, like, putting pressure on putting pressure on him, trying to break him um, and all that. But, man, he definitely didn't need to look as sloppy as he yeah, looks. That's why I say I mean, it's nervous energy because he always fights a pressuring style and he's always very yeah. active and he always has a lot of movement. Like all of those things are, are there every time he fights, but this just felt like it was draining and because it wasn't sharp and it was so sloppy, it was nervous energy and that just depletes you so much quicker. Yeah, a nervous energy. It just felt like he, he just thought that he always had to be throwing something. To you know, get I guess get Jan on his toes yeah. or whatever to try to set up the takedown. But I mean, doing all this spinning stuff and I mean he's pressuring him, just throwing just random stuff and all this. Like man, like that's not Aljo. 
Uh, I definitely feel in a rematch, he'll definitely be uh, way less sloppy. He'll learn from it. He'll have his cardio down. Uh, he won't go in with all this nervous energy. But, yeah. man, for this one to go like that, man, I definitely wasn't expecting that. All right, so let's talk about the DQ. Um, we both agree Pewter Jan was not only winning that fight, but I think was on his way to probably getting a finish before that thing yeah. was done. There was... Pewter Young was going to win the championship. He was going to retain the title. Yes. And then Absolutely. the illegal knee happens, which was as clear-cut an illegal strike as we've ever seen in the sport, right? Like, there's... Uh, man, that that was horrible. Like, like Aljo's just laying there on his knees, and I just thought that he was going to be to start raining down punches. But for him to throw that knee, I literally was like, oh! No, he didn't. Yeah. Like, man, like that was that was insane. And then, you know, you hear a lot of people talking about, oh, Aljo's acting, you know, this is crazy. Uh, what an acting job and all this. For me, whatever happened after the knee is a, is irrelevant. <laughs> right. Like Peter Yon shouldn't have threw that knee in the first place. This would have never happened if Yon wouldn't have thrown that knee. I mean, Aljo Aljo talking about uh, you know. People were saying that he acted like he had a concussion. He was his eyes were rolling in the back of his head. They were talking about how he was acting and everything. For me, I'm like, nah, man, I don't care. One way or another, this fight was getting stopped, either yeah. by his coaches, yeah. by the doctor. Like someone was gonna stop this fight. You you don't ask the fighter who just got kneed in the head if he wants to continue. Like, of course, he's how gonna absurd continue. is that, by the way? Yeah, I don't understand that rule. Like, why would you ask someone who just took an illegal shot like that? If he wants to continue fighting, of course, he's going to want to continue fighting. And you can tell he's even said in, when the ref asked him, he was like, I don't want the fight to end that way. Yeah. You know, he literally said that. And, you know, his coaches like you can't it seemed like his coaches weren't even involved. And it just was all up to Aljo. And, you know, I guess the doctor came in and said, yeah, this this isn't going to work. But I'm glad that the referee uh, told the, the doctor, told everyone and that we uh, had it on audio that. He told Peter Young, like, hey, like, his knees are on the ground. If you don't throw a knee, if you do, that's an illegal strike. Right. Like, the ref literally told him that, and he still threw it. So, yeah. for me, the blame shouldn't be on Aljo about all this aftermath. It's all on Peter Young. 100%. I absolutely agree. I think, first, first, I think it's insane that there was even a thought as to whether that fight was going to continue at that point. Like yeah. how 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 after the ref witnesses that, how is there even an idea that you're going to let that thing continue? Your job literally is to be in there and protect the fighters, right? Like absolutely, that's what you do. And I, I heard a I heard Anthony Smith was on James Lynch's uh, show today, and I heard him say, "Let's just pretend for the sake of argument that his knee wasn't down, and that it, that was a clean knee." You know what the referee's doing at that point? He's stopping the fight, and Jan wins the title. Yes. Like, if that was a clean yes. knee, the fight's over. Like, the Either referee's going to step in and stop the fight, and it's done, and the fight's over, and Jan's retaining his belt. So why would it be any different with it being an illegal knee? In fact, it should be more... I mean, you should be in there quicker with it being an illegal yeah. knee. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's crazy, man. Uh, I hear like a lot of people talking about like the rules and how, uh, like, 
Aljo was stalling. So if he wasn't stalling, like this wouldn't have happened. Like people are talking about how there should be changes in the rule book. But for me, the rules are the rules. Like we have to abide by the rules. And Aljo's just laying there, sitting there on his knees. Peter Jan's been in this sport long enough to know what, what the illegal shots are in my book. I mean, he's, he's literally the UFC champion. So like, if you're the UFC champion, you've been in the UFC. I don't know how long for, for many fights, the refs and like the, the athletic commissions, all this stuff. I'm sure they go over the rules of what illegal strikes are all this. Like, I'm sure that I'm sure that the refs in the locker room, they go over what the illegal strikes are like, what, you know, don't throw these strikes, don't use these techniques. Uh, so I just thought it was really careless on his part. And for the title to change hands like that, nobody wants to see that. It sucks. But if that's the rules, yeah, but if that's the rules, that's just the rules, man. Uh, if it were me, uh, if it were my rule, if I could change it, I'd want to do it to where it's like a no contest or a disqualification, but the title becomes vacated. Like uh, the guy that threw the illegal strike gets uh, stripped of his title. Um, but, you know, it, it sucks that it had to end that way. But I also heard that, you know, even if the fight would have continued, that um, if the fight wouldn't have been stopped, like if Aljo would have made it all the way to a decision, you know, how many points would they have taken away from Jan if, you know, the fight would have continued? Yeah. They would have took like two or three points. Yeah. So Aljo probably could have still ended up on, you know, the champion, you know, and, regardless. And none of us so, would have liked that either. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, it's still it's still on Peter Jan and, you know, even though Aljo may have been acting or whatever, it still shouldn't have gotten to that point to me. Yeah. I, I think that the referee needs to... When that happens, first of all, he needs to be the one to stop the fight. I I don't think the fighter should ever have a say in something like that. I mean, that's basically like watching a fighter get knocked out and then going and saying, hey, do you want to continue fighting? I'm going to give you the choice right now. Like, no, you don't do that when it's a legal shot. So why would you do that when it's an illegal shot? Like, that that just makes no sense to me. So, So I think the referee, when something like that happens, has to cut it off right there. Like, done. Uh, as far as like what needs to happen, I don't mind you. Like I, I think if there's ever going to be a deterrent for something like this, it's losing your belt, right? Like, yeah. If there's no penalty, then you know it's it's something that people aren't going to pay attention to. So, the best deterrent is you know him losing his belt. But but to your point about maybe it being a no contest and then you're stripped, I don't mind that either. Like that that you know we get the rematch. Neither guy is the champion. You know, you don't reward the guy that lost, but but the guy that, that had the belt doesn't walk away without any sort of penalty either. So if you want to strip the guy and then they have to fight for a vacant title, then that's cool. But uh, something has to happen more than just saying, okay, this is a no contest and you're going to remain the champion. That that would be stupid. Yeah, man. Like, just seeing, out, just seeing them put the belt on Aljo when you got two people holding him up, you know, just, you know, it just didn't look right. Yeah. And, you know, Aljo threw the title down, you know, he didn't want to win it that way. Uh, of course, you know, how he's been handling it after, you know, after winning the belt and, you know, all these pictures that he's taking with like Henry <laughs> Cejudo and, and all this stuff, like it, it's not helping. It's, it's not a good look at all. I mean, it's just adding to, you know, people saying that he was acting and everything. Yeah. 
I, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people on Twitter talking about, well, if he was really hurt, he'd be in the hospital. But instead, he's taking pictures and all this stuff. So, you know, for, that's why I say, like, just, you know, if the belt wasn't on either one, either guy and that is vacated um, and just have him running back because, yep. you know, now Aljamain Sterling is going to be the one who's on the marquee as the champion. He's going to be in the, in, the, in, in the photos with the belt. But everybody knows that, you know, he didn't yeah. technically, you know, win the belt. It was a disqualification. He just got happened to, you know, the rule says he wins the belt. So, And this the rematch this, is going to be a monster fight. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a monster fight. And, and I, th- I think the Aljo photos and all that just, just help, honestly. Like, maybe it's not a good look from a perception standpoint, but anybody that has any sort of... of interest in this thing is get, getting more interested by the day and every photo that's taken they're getting more interested I, I think it just helps the the, the build-up to whenever that rematch ultimately takes place absolutely I agree it, it's definitely helping for when the rematch takes place I'm just saying as far as the fans who oh, think yeah. that he was faking yeah that definitely doesn't no help. not at all like, that's not a good look in terms of that but as far as the rematch, yeah, this is great for a rematch because there's so much, there's already so much that you can build for this rematch, but just all that extra stuff just feeding into it, like, that's going to make this fight massive. I can see this fight being a, a main event of a big card. Yeah. So, uh, man, uh, and I, I think, right, matter of fact, I'm pretty confident, like 95, 97% confident that we're not going to see the same Aljamain Sterling that we saw this first fight. I definitely feel like we're going to see a guy who knows what he's kind of getting into now. He's has, he's been through the pressure of a title fight as far as the media and the weight cut, you know, all this different stuff that's, uh, that he had to go through in that fight, uh, just to get there. And then, you know, just kind of all the things that he had to deal with in the fight. I think that just, it's just going to help him. And we're going to see a different Aljo um, in the in the rematch, but Completely agree. for that matter, Peter Yan he knows like he know he knows the recipe to beat him. Just just trying to yeah. gas him out, and then he's just gonna go crazy. So yeah, we're gonna see a completely different Aljo, and I think honestly, we're gonna see the fight we thought we were gonna see the first time because I, yes. I don't think we're, we're, we're he's still going to have a pressuring style. I just you know again, it was so frantic and out of control, uh, and. You know, none of his strikes or takedowns felt calculated at all. It just kind of felt like everything was, um, you know, like on a whim. And I, I think that you get Aljo back in that situation, obviously understanding where he went wrong, not feeling maybe the nerves of the bright lights and the big stage the second time around. And look, I think it's going to be a great fight. I've heard a lot of people this week say, Jan's going to completely dominate the rematch. And, and they're basing that on what we saw in this first fight. And I just... I, I have a hard time believing that us understanding the way that Aljo fights and what we saw on Saturday night, I have a hard time believing that Aljo's going to go out there and be that frantic a second time. So I think we see more of the guy that we've watched for a long time, and I think we get a hell of a fight. I'm not saying that Jan won't win, but I think we get a terrific fight. Absolutely. Uh, I I agree, man. But let me say, I, I was talking to one of my friends who I talk a lot of MMA with uh, about the fight, and he was on uh, Jan's side. I was uh, picking Sterling, and after the fight was over, he was like, man, after watching that, I, just, I guess uh, 
we we can agree that Jan was clearly the better fighter. And I was like, no, I, I can't say that Jan is clearly the better fighter because I don't feel like we saw the best of Aljamain Sterling. Uh, he was just so frantic and so sloppy. Right. And he was saying that uh, he's going to have to fight that way to beat Jan. And I was like, he's going to have to fight that way in terms of being putting pressure on him, being right. active. Right. But it it's it can definitely look way less sloppy. It can right. definitely look way more calculated and technical. It doesn't it didn't have to look all random and just frantic and all this. Yeah. So that's where I feel like the differences will be in this next fight. And just like you said, it's the same Aljo that we've seen over the years, but just this the nervous energy of this title fight got to him. But I think this next fight we're gonna get to see the real Aljo yeah. come back. It's gonna be a blockbuster that was just such a wild situation. And again, the card was outstanding. And then you get this thing, then the main event, like it was Saturday was a, was an absolute blockbuster. I loved every second of it. Um, all right. So we got to talk about this guy. Uh, our favorite division in the sport has a new title contender. Ooh. Will. and I'm glad we finally, I, I heard, uh, I heard Daniel Cormier this week, Say the per, the the correct pronunciation is Mahashev. So um, Islam Mahashev over Drew Dober. Good lord, that was unbelievably impressive. Um, you know, I, I didn't. I, what was it? Twenty nineteen, I think, was his last fight. It, it was a yeah. fight where you could certainly see the skill level, but it just it wasn't one of those fights that I walked away from saying like this guy is scary or this guy is somebody that you have to fear in the division. This guy could be a future champion. And while I'm not going to say that about Drew Dober either, I felt like Drew, Drew Dober's last few fights, I've walked away from saying he looks sharp and looks like he's getting better. We hadn't seen Islam in a long time. We knew that the skill set was better. We both ultimately picked Islam in this fight. I don't know about you. Even picking Islam to win the fight, I did not expect that. I absolutely did not expect him to completely dominate that thing the way that he did. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, I definitely didn't think he was going to dominate it like that. Um, even when we were picking the fight, we were kind of like, man, Drew Dober, like, he's tough. Like, he's got good striking. If this fight is, uh, is on the feet for any amount of time, like, Drew Dober, I can get him out of there. We know how tough Drew Dober is, but for Islam to just go out there and completely dominate him from bell to bell and yep. then get a finish at the end, man, like, automatically, you know, like, if he's able to do that to Drew Dober, a lot of these guys in this division are put on notice. Uh, and I heard, like, I think I heard DC or, or Ariel say this, like, you walk away from that fight thinking, like, automatically, like, Islam can beat a good, if not every everybody in this uh, division, uh, with how dominant his wrestling is, it just reminds you of of Khabib and just yeah. how dominant that he was uh, on the ground. And you know, I think you know, with Islam coming up, maybe we don't see Khabib again. But if that's the case, like if I'm Dustin Poirier, I'm trying to get a title shot now. <laughs> I'm trying to win the title now. I'm trying to get all that out of the way because by the time I win the title and I'm done with Connor and everything, eventually I'm going to have to run into Islam Makashev. And if, if I'm running into him, 
I mean, I already know how Khabib treat, did me. I don't want to, you know, run into this guy without having a title. So if I'm Dustin Poirier, I'm winning that title immediately. <laughs> yeah, I, that fight ended, and I thought if if right now you lined up Mahashev against every 155er that's ranked in the top 15, is he an underdog in any of those fights? I don't. He he might be a slight underdog to like Dustin. Yeah, and uh, I think the Charles Oliveira fight is interesting, but I think he would ultimately be a favorite in that fight still. But I think everybody else he'd have to be the favorite. Yeah, I just he just I, you know a lot like Habib in this division. This division is so loaded with killers, but uh, it's just there's not a good matchup. You know what I mean? Like it's. They want Tony Ferguson. I love that fight. You know, we never yeah. got... I mean, how many times were we robbed of of Habib, Tony Ferguson? I would love... Is it five? Yeah, five times, bro. I can't even remember. Um, I would love Islam and, and Tony Ferguson. I mean, it, in, in some way, it would feel like we finally got it, what we were supposed to see. Not exactly, because, you know, I don't know that Tony Ferguson is at the same level now, especially after two straight losses, but... It'd still be a great fight. I'm I'm all in on that. But like, even thinking about that, I almost feel like he deserves a fight bigger than that. And think about that. That's Tony Ferguson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that's absolutely. how impressive what he did on Saturday night was. Yeah, man. Uh, Tony's coming off of two losses. If if he was if he was just coming off of one win, like that would be perfect. Like put those guys yeah. in there together. But like. At this point, with Tony w- losing two fights, like, does it really make sense? Like, how how far does it really elevate him? Because these guys at the top of the division are just going to say, oh, he beat Tony Ferguson. I beat him already. Like, right. he doesn't deserve anything over me. So, you know, I think the perfect matchup is uh, the matchup that fell off uh, just a few months ago. Put him in there with RDA. Um, I think that's I think that's the that's the way to go because whenever a lot of people are doing these uh, light heavyweight tournaments and all this. You kind of leave out RDA. Yeah. And not because he's not, he's not great, but you just kind of realize like, Justin, you want him to fight Michael Chandler. Dustin's obviously fighting Connor, uh, Charles Oliveira. You know, you would think he, he might could fight RDA, but he's going to want to fight for the title. So he might hold out or whatever. So then, you know, RDA is kind of left out. Yeah. And so, um, I think Islam winning, I think you could just throw him right right into that spot, RDA Islam, and you know, the winner of that just get just goes right into the title uh picture. So that's what I would do, but I still would I would love to see Islam and Tony, even Absolutely. if he's on a two fight losing streak. Yeah. I would love to see that. Yeah, I, I hope they make it tomorrow. like let's do it. I'm I'm one hundred percent in. Yeah, because I mean, as great as RDA is if Islam fights Tony Ferguson and wins, like that elevates his stock more to me. Yeah. Even though RDA is on a winning streak and he's like ranked number five or six or whatever, Tony Ferguson yeah. is still a big star. So I think that elevates him more. Yeah. Agreed. I'm I, this guy's he's going to be a champion in this division. Like There's no it, it's, it's, it. <laughs> we've argued about who should get shots in this division and like how it should go. And there are just so many deserving guys and, like, I'm at the point after Saturday, I'm like, he's going to be a champion. It's just a matter of when. I mean, wow. Yeah. I, I would also, if if they're not able to get Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler done, 
Michael Chandler Islam Mahashev would be really good as well. I mean, he's also the only one that might have the wrestling credentials, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's not gonna he's not gonna fear uh, Islam on the ground. He, you know, he's gonna be able to challenge him in ways that he hasn't he hasn't seen yet. And then yeah. he's got the striking to go with it. He's not gonna be afraid to be in his face pressuring him because he knows he's got that good wrestling. So. Uh, Michael Chandler would be fun. Um, seeing Justin Gaethje uh, against him would be fun. Uh, just to see, like, Islam in his face, but Justin's going to be attacking his legs and uh, if Islam can uh, get him down. Um, but, you know, Islam is strong. He's he's That Russian strength, there's just something about it, man. Yeah. Just <laughs> These guys that are coming from Russia, they are so strong. Like, whenever they get a hold of these guys, like, there's nothing that they can do. Yeah. And... You know, that's why we're so confident. Like, you know, no one's going to be able to stop him from taking from taking him down. So, you know, and then if his stri- if his striking is on par uh, or even better than Khabib's, like if he's able to yeah. stand with these guys, along with being able to dominate them on the ground. Right. There's literally nothing that you can do outside of land a Hail Mary and hope that you knock him yeah. out. And well, and I thought uh, I thought it was a massive sign of respect to Drew Dober that he ne- he didn't even mess with that. Right. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> he was like, "Nope, not even gonna, not even going to entertain it." He got him on the ground as soon as he he could, uh, and yeah, wow, that was just unbelievably unbelievably impressive. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a big fight, right? It's a big fight on a big card. So I think Islam played it safe per se. I think he just knew like I'm not gonna play with this guy. I'm just gonna go in there and I'm just gonna get the job done. Uh, because after after a fight like this, when I got all these eyes on me, a big pay per view, yeah. I got all these eyes. So now uh, this is going to get me uh, even bigger fight to where I maybe can take a little bit more chances. But now he knew like I got to get through this one and I got to show my dominance. I can't l- let this be uh, close to where people think that I'm some fluke or anything. I have to uh, make my mark, make a statement with this one, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the dud that was Tiago Santos and Alexander Rakic. And do we have to? You know, it's <laughs> like we talked a week ago about the whole surreal gone Jorginho Rosenstrike fight and how, you know, we, we kind of defended gone in that fight. And a lot of people felt like that was a boring fight, which again, we, we recognized it wasn't a super entertaining fight. But in that fight, gone was completely dominating. And there was never a reason for him to, to kick it into gear. This, I think, is a completely different situation because while I, I think Rockich was in control, I never really felt like he was dominating the fight. And at the same time, I don't think either one... Both of these guys, when you look at 205, are next. Like, it's Glover and then this winner. I mean, you're talking about potentially a title. You do something impressive, and you might be next. You might get the title shot next. And to watch neither one of those guys ever just go for it, I thought was disappointing. Yeah, man, I had I had a lot of high hopes for that fight. I remember same when you when you asked me last week what I thought the fight of the night was going to be. This was one of my picks. Yeah. I thought that uh, Tiago. And uh, Rocket was. I didn't think there was any way that it could be boring. And because Tiago, he's such a he's a fighter that goes after it. He's always aggressive. Yeah. And for him to not to just kind of lay back and just 
not be aggressive and not be the fighter that we're used to seeing. You know, it was just disappointing. Uh, I know that's why I picked him because I thought this is going to become a slugfest, and I think he's going to land a shot. I mean, absolutely, and and that's normally what we see from Tiago. We see him just go after it and just put a, a bunch of pressure on people. And then just get end up getting a knockout, but we did not see that. I don't know if he was just respecting Rockets or what, but uh, I yeah, I was pretty disappointed in that fight, man. Uh, you know, Rockets just did just enough to get that decision, but you know, nobody expected uh, nobody expected it to go like that. Right. I just thought that you know the matchup was fun on paper. Uh, I thought Thiago was going to just go after him, but Rockets was probably going to catch him with something. You know, I don't know. But, you know, I definitely didn't expect that one. And like you said, this is a big fight for the light heavyweight division with it being so wide open. You know, the only person that we know is next is Glover. But right. after Glover, who's next after that? Right. One of y'all. One of you guys. What so. if he gets hurt? Or, you know, again, I, what, if, what if one of those guys knocks the other one out in eight seconds? You're telling me that there wouldn't be a push maybe for one of those guys to get elevated? Absolutely. It, absolutely. And and now they put each other in a, in a position. Rockets won. So you, now you got another light heavyweight fight with uh, Dominic Reyes and, uh, and Yuri. So I think the winner of that fight could easily just leapfrog these guys and just uh, be able to get a title oh, shot. Oh, a thousand percent. A thousand percent. Yeah, because yeah. I, I think with those, with Reyes and Yuri, I don't think the – there can't be a way that that fight's boring because both of those guys go forward. And, right. both, and Yuri's so unpredictable and everything that, you know, that fight's got to be way better than this. Yeah. So, you know, I think they both missed out on a big opportunity. I'll say this about Dominic Reyes in that fight. There, I, I think there's something to be said for getting knocked out the way that he did and wondering as far as, you know, embracing a, a war, how he's going to bounce back the first time. Is he going to take chances or is he going to play it a little safer only because he's coming fresh off of that that yawn knockout um but yeah i think just given everything we've seen from the two guys to this point you'd think that's just going to be a i mean it's going to be a blockbuster so yeah this one was super disappointing a fight that i thought was going to be a lot of fun thought it was going to be a war we talked about it potentially being fight of the night with a lot on the line for both guys and uh yeah massive dud massive dud uh, all right, let's uh, we'll, we'll just hit uh, brief thoughts real fast. There's there were ten fights on the uh, the early prelims and the prelims, so uh, just brief thoughts for me, and then then you can go. Dominic Cruz came back. I mean, everything we talked about last week, you know, I think showed true. Um, guy wasn't done. Uh, I thought he he looked good. Uh, went over a, a guy that is a really good fighter and an up and coming fighter in the bantamweight division. So Dominic Cruz gets it done. Um, Kyler Phillips was really surprising to me. Looked terrific in that fight against uh, Song Yudong. Uh, going down the the list of the fights. Um, oh, the Kai Kara France fight <laughs> was bananas. He was getting dominated on the ground, and then he basically somehow fights through it all, gets back on his feet, and and just lands the the one shot to end the fight. That was insane. And then um, Sean Brady in welterweight. You know, we talked about this fight last week as well. This was a great fight of two guys that, that the winner was really going to have an opportunity to, to make the top 15. Sean Brady did that this week. So I'm excited to see what's next for him. And then 
Uh, what was the oh Kennedy uh, <laughs> in Zechuku, I think is the way you say it, and Carlos Olberg. Unbelievable. That fight Man. had so many knockout <laughs> punch shots deliver and unreal. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that just goes to show everything that you just named. It's 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 bad that we have to do like a little quick hitter on the on these fights because all those fights that you just named yeah. were so fun yeah. that we could spend a, like an hour and a half talking about how phenomenal that all these fights were. But man, I don't even know where to start. But um, Sean Brady, I got to start with Sean Brady. Sean Brady looked looked great, man. Uh, undefeated fighter. He's a guy that's going to be a that's going to be a problem in that division uh, going forward. You know, uh, he can take shots, and for him to be able to control Jake Matthews the way he did, um, definitely, definitely a big prospect for him. And then, uh, which one do I hit next? Uh, Kyler Phillips, man. I think everyone was talking about Song Yudong and, you know, how great that he was. I think the fight was basically like, it's going to, this is his coming out party. He's going to win this. No one was really talking about Kyler Phillips. Guilty. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but now everybody knows who Kyler Phillips is. Amazing performance. Um, Dominic Cruz, man. I can't believe that it was a split decision. Uh, I thought Dom won. If he yeah. didn't win 30 to 27, I mean, I guess you could give. Uh, Kenny won round, but I thought it was an easy, clear, unanimous decision win for for Cruz. But you know, one judge was just off. I had actually so. completely forgotten that one judge gave that gave that fight to Kenny, which is mind blowing. Crazy! Like when they were reading off the scorecards, I was like, if if they give this to Casey yeah. Kenny, man, I don't think I'm watching this main card. But uh, Dominic, he would definitely look good. Uh, he didn't show any signs of ring rust. Like he still showed. Like he still can move. Uh, he still slides just out of the way of his opponent's punches. And I know that's so frustrating yeah. because he's so close to you and you're just like, let me just hit this guy. Yeah. And then he just slides just out of the way. Uh, I know he, uh, Kenny was getting really frustrated, uh, but Cruz looked good. And then, oh man, uh, uh, I'm just going to call him Kennedy because I'm not even going to try yeah. his last name. But and Kennedy Zetchiku? and Carlos... And, yeah, know. Kennedy and, and Carlos Olberg, yeah. man, that fight was incredible, man. I thought Olberg was just in a, was just going to get him out of there. It just looked like uh, he was the more skilled striker, and Kennedy just had more power. But I just thought – but after that first round, you could just see Olberg was getting kind of tired, and uh, Kennedy was starting to land some punches. And then they had that exchange on the side of the octagon, and then uh, – Kennedy dropped him like I was like oh shit like yep. that was it was crazy, and then uh, Kennedy got the finish. Uh, crazy fight, Kennedy man. He looks like a heavyweight man. Yeah, because he's what six five six six got an eighty three inch reach. Uh, looked like a looked like a a heavyweight, and Allberg is no small man. Like Allberg is six four, uh, two hundred five like shredded, but he looked pretty small next to Kennedy. Yep. And then, of course, man, Kai Car France. <laughs> How tough is he? For him to be getting dominated that whole round and almost finished on numerous occasions. I mean, there were times when I just thought, oh, yeah, that's locked in. Yep. Like, it's it's over. Like, he's, he's about to go out. And then just finding a way out. And then it just got to a point when, when they finally separated. He was just like, finally, fuck this. <laughs> Boom. It just started wailing on him. And then... <laughs> 
after that first punch, like, yeah, uh, Rogelio just kind of stopped in his tracks, and I was like, yeah. oh, he's hurt, and then just, and then Kai just got the finish. It was crazy. I'm glad he got the bonus. But man, those those prelims, those were that was the fight where, and then Kai ran around the octagon. Yeah, (laughs) and then I think there was like some confusion as to whether or not it was the fight had actually been called or not. And then he runs over there to like throw another punch. It was yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, because like okay, so he threw the punch and and he went face planted, face first. Yeah, and and he walked away, and Herb ran over there and just kind of. Moved him out of the way, so I guess he didn't real he didn't know for sure if the fight was stopped because Herb didn't do this. Right. He, didn't Her- wave he never, yeah, he never like waved it off. He never did that. So Kai's celebrating, and then he's like, "Whoa, well, is this fight still going on or what?" So he ran over there just in case, <laughs> and then Rogerio gets up and throws his mouthpiece or whatever, and I'm just like, Kai's just trying to make sure he right, won. That's right. all. No bad blood, nothing disrespectful. He's trying to make sure he won. Yeah. But uh, crazy, crazy. Pre- the prelims, the prelims were crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, we didn't even mention uh, Medich. Oh yeah, Medich got that big. He got a knockout too. Yeah, the first five man. fights were finishes of the night. Yeah, and I thought the I thought the whole prelim list. I thought we were going knockout finish type yeah. type of fights, and then we kind of hit a few points where we, where we got decisions like uh, oh, and then we. Forgot about Tim Elliott and all the craziness that happened with him. <laughs> that was another crazy one. His, his I, like, I thought there was a chance they might. I'm kidding, but I thought they might stop the fight, like because he was gonna bleed out. That's how bad he was bleeding, and he's rubbing his Absolutely. blood all over Jordan Espinosa's face and like trash talking to the point that they're like muting his words. Yeah, yeah. When the commentary team was like. Yeah, we're, we had to mute out some of Tim Elliott's words, and yeah. uh, you know it's not really good. Like when the commentators say that, like uh, it, it was tough. What he, everything he said, but yeah. Tim Elliott, that's just him. That's a crazy. That's a crazy dude. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's just yeah, he's like a, a squirrel with rabies. <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> and and. And man, Jordan Espinosa, I think after that, like, I don't think he wanted to be in there anymore. <laughs> I think he was just like, I, man, I came in here to fight. I didn't came, I didn't come in and have my personal life for <laughs> the whole world to comment on. Like, damn it. And yeah, yeah. after that, Tim Elliott just kind of cruised. Tim Elliott was on a whole different level, dude. Like, yeah. 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 He's a bad man. Very bad man. Uh, yeah. It was awesome card. Awesome card. Um, awesome. I, I would just say this good luck, UFC fight night this Saturday. Like, how do you bounce back from that? That's that's uh, going to be pretty tough to beat. But um, all right, so let's review these uh, these point totals real fast. We had you getting the Rockich fight correctly. I got it wrong. We both had Mahashev. We both had Sterling, uh, and I guess we win that on a technicality. <laughs> we both had Amanda Nunes, and then I had Jan Blahovich. You had Israel Adesanya. So point differential in my favor in the main event. So. Uh, The weekend's points, 11 to me, 8 to you, which takes me from trailing to leading in the overall scoreboard, 17-16. I've got a one-point lead thanks to Jan Blahovic, the Polish power, getting it done for me. And just to think, I was so conflicted on that fight, 
And I just picked Izzy just for the hell of it. Yeah. If I just would have been like, let me pick Jan, you would have went Izzy, and the points would have been Probably, yeah, probably. Damn it. Yeah. But oh well. Yeah. Go so. back to the drawing board. There we go. There we go. So we have... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we've got more picks and another fight night coming up this weekend. This is going to be a good one, too. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited about this card, especially the main event. Um, so let's uh, let's get to it. And I guess since I'm leading now, uh, I'm, I'm in the driver's seat. So uh, I wasn't expecting this. All right, so we start <laughs> UFC fight night. This is just a weird position for me to be in. <laughs> Wow. We've got middleweights, Darren Stewart and Eric Anders to kick the night off. And I will go, I like Darren Stewart. Uh, you know, I, I uh, this was a guy, I, I really expected him and Kevin Holland to have a good fight last summer. And Kevin Holland was terrific. And I think that speaks more to just how good Kevin Holland is than anything. But Darren Stewart's a guy that has impressed me. And I, I still think there's a lot there that he's, He's not realized yet. I think there's still a lot of potential for him to be a better fighter. So uh, even though I like Eric Anders, the former Alabama Crimson Tide football player, I'm going Darren Stewart. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to go Darren Stewart too. Uh, Eric Anders, he's good. He's good, but uh, I think his best days are behind him. Uh, you know, I just don't think he has uh, the, the skill um, – necessary to, to, to compete with some of these guys and I think Darren Stewart's on his way up so uh I'm also going to go with Darren Stewart all right very nice all right our second fight on Saturday night's card we go back to the flyweight division we've had a lot of flyweight fights over the last couple weeks all right you might have to help me with one of these so we've got Manel Cop, who just lost a Pantoja a few weeks ago in his UFC debut he's bouncing back it was a fight that Cop just kind of never really engaged. He he was very active and he danced around the octagon a lot, and uh, but he never really did anything. And he kind of seemed a little bit disappointed, I think, at at the scorecards when it was all said and done. Uh, I, I would expect that we see a different, a little bit different approach from him bouncing back so quickly. He was a big time prospect. They were really happy to have him. That's why he got a top five fighter uh, in in his UFC debut. So his opponent, Mateus Nicolou, I, to be completely honest with you, dude, I, I don't even, I've never seen this guy fight. I, I don't know who he is. I, I've seen this fight. I've seen him fight. Uh, the name is definitely familiar. Uh, I feel like I'm going to get him confused uh, with someone. Uh, but I think that uh, he's got pretty decent striking. Uh, but I think he does a lot of work on the ground as well. But, I, you know, uh, in this fight, man, you know, I, I really liked uh, Manel Cop in, his, in that fight with Pantoja, even though I remember I picked Pantoja. Yeah. Because I thought that the moment, you know, Pantoja was ranked, you know, I think he was just, I think at the moment he was just a guy that kind of knew, that kind of just knew the spot more. So I picked Pantoja. But, you know, Manel Cop showed a lot of promise, a lot of potential. So, um, I think I'm going to go Manel Cop on this one. All right. So, on tapology.com for Nicolou or Nicolau, however you say it, <laughs> he is 15 2 and 1. His last fight was, let's see, September of 2019 against Felipe Efrain. 
Before that, 2019 win over Alan Gabriel. 2018 loss to Dustin Ortiz. 2017 win over Louis Smolka. So, yeah, I, I just, like, I, I, this one doesn't ring a bell for me. I, zero recollection of ever seeing this guy. So does, does that mean that you're going to pick Manel Cop? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought I, I thought that was clear uh, at the beginning of that, yeah. Yeah, Manel Cop. For me. Well, you know, I, I know I, I, I said Manel Cop already, but maybe I'll go the other guy. Just okay, I like it. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm a, I think I'm gonna go the other guy. You know, you know, I don't want us to have too many of the same picks, yeah. so I'm gonna go the other. I'm gonna go the other. Route. That's kind of the fun part about being the second one to go is you know any ones that you might be on the fence of, you can you can maybe take the other side, or you know if it's if it's a gamble that you're willing to take, you can just say you know what for the sake of this, I'm going the other. It, it just kind of I, yeah, I like that position. So instead, I just got to go with what I actually think when you're picking first, which, uh, you know, it, 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 it certainly bitten me in the ass multiple times by just going against you for the sake of competition. So I don't know. Maybe this will actually be better for me. All right. Yeah, we, man, uh, it might be worse for me. <laughs> yeah. We have bantamweights next. We have Jonathan Martinez and Davey Grant. Uh, these are also two guys that I'm not super familiar with. Uh, but I am going to go Jonathan Martinez. I'm familiar with Martinez. I'm not so familiar with, uh, with Grant. So, uh, Davey Grant has a win over Cheeto Vera back in 2016. That was his, uh, UFC debut. Apparently he was, uh, in the Ultimate Fighter 18 finale, and he lost to Chris Holdsworth. Hmm. Okay. Uh, this is Grant, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, that's interesting. Well, uh, I wanted to be on the other side, but since since I don't know too much about Grant, I'm going to stick with Martinez on this one. All right. <laughs> We both go Jonathan Martinez. Now we make our way to a fight I'm, I'm actually really excited about. Um, we have featherweights Dan Ige and Gavin Tucker. Uh, Dan Ige's last fight was a really good fight against Calvin Cater uh, that he was on the short end of, but I, I thought that he showed that at least he belonged. And certainly it was kind of just an opportunity for him to be on a big stage. And, and I thought that he showed that he belonged uh, in the top 10 of that division. And this is a guy that I've liked for a while in Gavin Tucker and thought if he ever gets the opportunity, I would love to see how he stacks up against some of the, the higher ranked guys in this division. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, originally Gavin Tucker was supposed to fight Cub Swanson and after uh, Ige's last opponent, whose name is escaping me at the moment, uh, dropped out, Gavin Tucker has taken this fight. So this is a really good one. Uh, I'm going to take Dan Ige just because I think he's further along. But Gavin Tucker is definitely a guy I like, definitely a guy that I think has the potential to be a, a ranked fighter very soon. And maybe this is... His his Dan Ige Calvin Cater fight, right? Maybe this is that opportunity where he doesn't get it done, but he shows he belongs at the at the higher end of this division. So Dan Ige for me. Yeah, I think Dan Ige was supposed to fight uh, Ryan Hall. Yeah, Ryan uh, Hall. But, yep. 
but Ryan Hall keeps getting injured. Yeah. I, I've been waiting for him to come back. But, uh, man, Dan Ige, he definitely showed that he belonged against uh, Calvin Cater. Uh, that was a tremendous fight. That could have went either way. Um, yeah, after a fight like that, it's hard for me to try to go against Dan Ige, especially, coming, especially facing a guy who hasn't been in the spots that, he's, that Dan Ige has been in yet. He doesn't have that experience that Dan Ige has. So, um, yeah, I like Dan Ige in this one, too. I think, uh, the, you know, especially with the fact that he's taking this on short notice, he's preparing for a completely different different guy. So um, I'm going to go uh, Dan, Ige, Dan Ige on this one as well. All right, very nice. Our co-main event is in the light heavyweight division. We have Misha Kirkinov and Ryan Spann. Uh, this, for me, is... I, I like Ryan Spann... I, I uh, actually liked him against Johnny Walker, and he didn't get it done. Uh, this, to me, is a big bounce-back fight for him. I-, I think he gets it done. I still think that there is more for him to prove at 205. Yeah, uh, Ryan Spann, I do like his game. But, you know, I think uh, watching that Johnny Walker fight showed me a lot. Um, I felt like that should have been a fight that he, uh, he could have won. But uh, I think uh, he's still lacking in some areas. And I think that's why this fight's ultimately being put together because Misha is a guy who's good pretty much everywhere. He's not great, but uh, really good everywhere. So um, even though uh, I like Ryan Spann, he's got a lot of potential, I'm going to pick Misha. All right. We're on the opposite side of things. Very nice. All right. So, you know, I was thinking that maybe in this main event, because I like this matchup so much, uh, that I would just go opposite you. Uh, I'm not going to get to do that. So this one is really tough because we know that Leon Edwards is one of the elite welterweights in the world. He's a guy that potentially could be a world champion. I think he's that skilled, that good. He's got a winning streak in that division that, you know, is, is insane. Uh, and, you know, this is potentially the, the fight that, that puts him in a title situation. That said... I don't feel like it feels like it's been five years since we watched Leon Edwards fight in the octagon. And on the other side of him is a guy that is, is not going to allow Leon Edwards to get comfortable in this fight. Bala Muhammad is a suffocating force inside the octagon. So if there is any rust from Leon Edwards in this fight, I, I feel like it's going to show very quickly because Bilal will just be on you so, so fast. Uh, I love the fact that Bilal took this. Uh, this matchup, we just saw him, I felt like, a few weeks ago. He took a ton of nasty calf kicks, and, and he's ready to go again. Um, I'm going to... Leon Edwards, I, I, I remember we talked about this a while back, about ring rust and how long it's been. And the one thing that I think you have to remember is he's been through a bunch of fight camps, at least. Right? Like, he's actually been getting ready for fights. They haven't happened, but it's not as though... He hasn't been in fight mode. So I think that's the one thing that maybe is the saving grace as far as, as all the time off. So, man, this is a tough one. I like this fight. I, I think this potentially is the fight of the night as well. Uh, I'm going to go Leon Edwards. Oh, man. I thought, I thought for sure you were going to go with the law. I was waiting for it. But, man, first let me just say it is – Absolutely great to see Leon Edwards back in the in the octagon. 
very much long overdue. He's had so much happen to him over the past year and a half. I mean, COVID has hit a lot of people, but the whole this whole COVID situation hasn't hit anyone harder than it's hit uh, Leon Edwards. So many fights, so many opportunities that he's could that he could have had, but you know didn't end up happening for him. And then just just the whole Hamza Shemaev. I mean, how many podcasts did we talk about that fight oh. uh, being being booked and uh, get, getting cut off and booked again and cut off like so so many times? And then you know we just happened to stumble upon this matchup. It's a really fun matchup. Um, and man, ring rust. It, I mean, it, if it is or isn't a thing. I, it's not going to be allowed to be a thing because Bilal is going to be in his face from the jump. Right. Uh, Leon's not going to have any opportunity just to, you know, get, you know, get the feel of things anymore because he's going to be in the fire as soon as the bell rings, as soon as, or as soon as uh, the ref calls for the fight to start, he's going to be in the fire because Bilal is going to be in his face, suffocating him. He's got a, a, a suffocating style and Leon's going to have to be ready for it. Um, Bilal, we did just see him against uh, Diego Lima, and the Lima brothers are known for their for their leg kicks, and and Bilal definitely took a, a, a heavy heavy number of them, uh, but he still he still was dominant, and he still uh, got the win. So, uh, I, you know, you know, I think it it comes down to if how long how how is the layoff not being in a, a UFC fight. How is that going to affect Leon? Because if it hasn't, I think Leon should win this pretty pretty easily. But if it has, and he, you know his cardio's not there, or whatever the case may be, if he gets if he's nervous or anything, yeah, then Bilal's going to have a good chance. Uh, with that, with, with all that being said, though, um, I think Leon being a really skilled striker, um, he's on an eight fight win streak. Uh, he hasn't fought in a while, but you know. I still like his fight IQ. I still like his striking. So I'm going to go Leon as well. All right. There we go. Well, maybe you'll have... Uh, I, there aren't going to be many opportunities for you to regain the lead, but maybe you'll get the lead back, and then uh, I'll be the one that's like, you know what, let's roll the dice. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dude, that's a that's a tough fight, man. It's uh, it, it, I'll tell you this about that fight. I really enjoy watching both of those guys. And I like the fact that one of those guys is really going to have a big opportunity after Saturday night. So, absolutely. Either I, absolutely. I think either either Edwards is getting a title fight after Saturday night, or Bilal yeah. is in that conversation. Maybe it's Bilal Colby Covington. Maybe it's uh, Bilal Gilbert Gilbert Burns. Oh, that'd be a great fight. Oh man, uh, man, that would be a great fight. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I mean, Bilal, to take this fight, this is the fight where you're number 12, 11, 12, 13, kind of at the bottom. These are the opportunities that you have to take if you want to skip the line and get right up into title contention. Yeah. You have to take the, the fights like these. You have to take the fights that nobody else wants, that, that everyone's saying no to, that um, you just got out of a fight, so you're just willing to step in and take that fight. These are the fights that you have to take. And uh, for Bilal to go into this, he, he's just coming off a fight where he was on the prelims, and now he's going into a, a main event in a big spot, uh, a five-round fight. Um, this is a big spot for him. Yeah. Uh, if he wins this fight, I mean, I, I'm going for Leon. I want to see him win after everything he's been through. But I would not be uh, mad at all if Bilal won this because 
he's definitely deserving of it, it you know coming and taking this fight on short notice uh you know after all the top guys said no uh for him to go in and, and take a risk yeah i mean he really has nothing to lose i mean just i don't go know in why more guys don't fight. jump at these opportunities to be honest with you i don't know either man i guess you know people want to people aren't confident in themselves of uh fighting a guy like a leon edwards who's ranked so high in yeah. the division and you've got two or three wins you know, if you lose, you're probably just forgotten about. Maybe they think, but you know, I'm with you. I think more guys should uh, should take changes like this. Well, first of all, if you win, your life is going to be different. I mean, all of a sudden, yeah. you're you're in a much different situation than you were going into that fight. But how many times have we seen? I mean, this has happened a lot in the last year. I feel like how many times have we seen guys take fights? And maybe maybe they don't win, but they still elevate themselves by taking a big fight and putting on a good show, right? Like, this is a no-brainer because guess what? Nobody expects you to beat the number two welterweight in the world, right? And you're taking it on short notice. You just fought. Like, there aren't any expectations. All you have to go do is fight. Like, it's, it's a zero-expectation situation. So, I just don't see where there's a downside. You know, unless maybe you're a young fighter that is is trying to get better before you start taking on those big fights. But, you know, in that situation, those guys probably know that that opportunity is going to be there eventually. Uh, but there are a lot of guys that I, I'm just like, go fight him if it goes the distance. Like, even if you don't win by decision, you're going to be viewed much more favorably, even in like a loss, than, than maybe you were before the before you ever took the fight. I don't know. It just... I think there's a lot to be gained, even if you don't get it done. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I'll give you a, a prime example. I mean, how much respect did Paul Felder gain when he took that fight against RDA? I mean, there, th people yep. already respected him, but after he took that on six days notice, he was supposed to call that fight, and yep. now he's in the fight. Like, everyone, everyone in the world uh, – Gained so much more respect for Paul Felder after he took that fight. Yeah. And I think the same uh, for Bilal Muhammad. I mean, everyone, all, all the top guys are saying no. Uh, they're trying to get Kobe Covington to fight, but he's, you know, a lot of these a lot of these guys at the top, they're being divas, kind of. Yeah. Uh, you know, Gilbert Burns just fought. Uh, I guess Wonderboy and, uh, and Kiesa are injured. You know, like Jeff, the Jeff Neals of the world, you know, guys who are coming off losses. You know, Bilal Muhammad for him to take this. I mean, kudos to him, man. Absolutely. He, he does. If he wins this, uh, he deserves everything that's that's coming to him. And all these guys who are going to complain about Bilal just jumping from from twelve to four if he wins, they can't say anything because they didn't take the chance that Bilal took. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's their loss. Yeah. Um, Masvidal, Usman last summer. Yeah. Like. At Masvidal takes it on a week and like he had immediately, like he has Usman talked about this in his last fight. Like he had the, the built-in excuse, like it's a no brainer. If you lose, Oh, oh well, you have the built-in excuse. Like, and if you don't get completely embarrassed, it's only going to help you. So yeah, I, I, uh, it makes all the sense in the world. And look in that division, uh, you've got Colby Covington right now squatting, uh, Gilbert Burns just lost. Leon's about to fight. Um, who knows? I, I guess Masvidal Usman probably looks like it's it's uh, going to be next for the title. Uh, Wonderboy's hurt. Kiesa is hurt. Then you've got 
Tyron Woodley, who's about to fight Vincent Luque, but, uh, you know, I don't know how that's going to go. Damian Maya, we just watched Neil Magny lose to Kiesa. Jeff Neal just lost. Like, Bilal Muhammad is going to jump all those dudes. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to jump all of them. And there's nothing they can say. I mean, Tyron Woodley is a former champion. It, when, if Law wins and he jumps in front of him, Tyron Woodley can't say anything. Yeah. I mean, he's lost three or four in a row. Uh, like Damian Maya, Vicente Luque, all these guys. Uh, Law has fought – he would have fought twice in a month span yeah. and gotten two big wins. So, I mean, I mean, you can't, you can't fault – Bilal for taking this opportunity when nobody else did. So yeah, uh, I'm on Bilal's side if he wins. I hope he gets the biggest fights imaginable yeah. because everyone else ran from it and he, he put it all on the line and took the risk. Did- and like you said, he's, he's got a built-in excuse, but I really don't think there's a scenario where Leon just completely wipes the floor with him. I don't either. Because of Bilal, because, because of Bilal's style. Yeah. Bilal's going to be in his face pursuing him no matter what. Like, Leon's going to have to put him down yeah. in order for Bilal to stop pursuing him. <laughs> right. Yeah, stylistically, this is a great matchup. Absolutely. This is a fantastic matchup because Leon, Leon is a very skilled striker, but Bilal's going to be in his face, and he's going to be trying to take him down. He's got such a suffocating style, and for Leon to be out of action for the last two years, to go in to fighting a guy with such a suffocating style... Like talk about you talk about ring rust and everything. That's why I say, yeah, ring rust. There's not going to be a chance for ring rust to be a thing because Bilal's not going to. It's going to be Leon's going to be thrown into the fire as soon as this fight starts. By the way, we also have Angela Hill, Ashley Yoder as the feature prelim that fight that uh, was supposed to take place a few weeks ago. So that one is coming back to this card. All right, give me uh, if you had to pick your two favorites for fight of the night on the main card. Where are you going? I'm uh, I'm going Danny Gay, Gavin Tucker, or uh, Leon and Bilal. All right, same for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I think those are no brainers. I mean, I yeah. think like maybe Dark Horse, uh, I, maybe Angela Hill, Ashley Oda. Those are always uh, Angela Hill's always in fun fights. Um, yeah, I, I mean, outside outside of that, I mean, I think it's just a no brainer. I mean, Danny Gay is always in exciting fights. Uh, he's always going to bring it. And then Bilal and Leon, that's just a, uh, such a fun matchup. I think it's going to be one of those two. Yeah. So next Saturday is Derek Brunson, Kevin Holland in the main event. And I could just imagine uh, we're going to get a lot of hype next week leading up to that fight. I mean, we've already heard Kevin Holland talk about Derek Brunson for the, what, couple months it's been leading up to this one already. I, I only imagine that's going to be amped up. Next week, uh, Gregor Gillespie is finally back. Uh, he'll be on really? this card. Uh, yeah, wow. a week from Saturday. Um, I don't think that the, at least last I saw, the card wasn't full yet, but uh, those were just two of the, the notables at this point. So there you go. Gregor Gillespie, I mean, Brad Riddell. Oh, that, hey, that's a fun matchup too, but, you know, Gregor, uh, if he's still the same guy, Gregor's got a suffocating style like a Khabib, yeah. like an Islam, like a Bilal Muhammad. I mean, his style is crazy. But I can't wait for Derek Brunson and Kevin Holland. I mean, I've I've become a, a fan of Kevin Holland and, and just like his 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 style in the cage, I and mean, he he always backs it up on top of that. Yeah. Uh, coming, he's 
coming off of a five fight 2020, uh, taking all comers. I mean, I'm, I'm really excited to see Kevin Holland back in there, but he's got a tall task with Derek Brunch, and we're going to get to see where Kevin Holland is yeah. uh, as far as how well-rounded he is because Derek Brunch is going to test his grappling for sure. Let me tell you this. If Holland wins by a first-round KO, book Izzy Holland immediately for the title at 185. Yeah. I, hey, that would be what I would do. Yeah. Give Holland that title shot. That's a fresh matchup. That's a fun matchup. That, that fight is going to sell. Uh, Kevin Holland's not going to keep his mouth shut. They already he's have beef. For, they already have beef. Yeah. He's going to force Izzy to bring out all of his jokes and, and all of his uh, internet Izzy memes and all this stuff. Like, Kevin Holland's going to bring all of that out of Izzy. And, uh, I mean, just the matchup style, stylistically is, is fun. So, I mean, sign me up for that one. Yeah, that the lead-up to that fight will be off the charts great, and the fight itself, I think, is is awesome, right? A lot of similarities Absolutely. in the way they fight, uh, and, yeah. And, look, Izzy's beaten everybody in that division. Like, if there's ever a, a division for a guy to be in Kevin Holland's position where he just cracked the top 15 and he gets one fight, like, that's the division to, to jump everybody and, and go get a title shot because... Everybody, everybody else has already been on the other side of Izzy. Yeah, if you just get if you just get one big win uh, in that division, yeah, definitely yeah. because uh, you're going to leapfrog these guys who've already gotten title shots, and that's why I say like even like a Darren Till who's fighting Vittori, or, or or even a Vittori if he beats Till. I mean, either one of those guys could potentially get the title shot right. against Izzy with the win. So if Kevin Holland goes out there and looks impressive against a Derek Brunson, he could get that title shot too, man. I'm hey, sign me up. Absolutely. All right, buddy. Um, it's good to be in the lead again. Or I, <laughs> I shouldn't say again. It's good to be in the lead for the first time since we started doing this. You've been beating my ass since the <laughs> since the beginning. So finally, finally, I have a lead. It, it may be very short lived, but I'm, I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, uh, I, I guess, man, I was on a hot streak. I was getting all these main events right, and then, uh, man, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I got to, I got to go back to the drawing board. You're starting to build on me now. Um, getting some maybe momentum. You just let me, yeah, may, maybe you just let me get out ahead, and now you're just like, <laughs> all right, it's time for me to just take over. So yeah, man, I gotta, I gotta get back on it, man. Yeah, I'll, uh, <laughs> I will tell you, you're off to a better start than I was because. I got in the bad habit of even when I knew I shouldn't pick the opposite side, I just did it to be opposite you. And I was like, I got to, especially on the ones that I'm like, okay, I know this guy's probably going to win, but I, I was doing that too often on fights that I felt good about as opposed to the fights that I was maybe 50, 50 on. So I cut down on that and uh, that, that helped. So there you go. <laughs> now I got to figure out where I need to cut down on. I guess I started taking some risks because I was I was starting to feel myself, and then some of my risks was actually working with uh, like taking Dustin for five points, and then uh, like Max and everybody for five points and everything. So I think my risk taking was getting really good. So now yeah. I think now I'm kind of like, all right, let me tone it down. Let me bring it back. You got to refocus. You were you were a you were a comfortable champion. Yeah, yeah. I, I you weren't you weren't training really hard. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was it was to the point where we kind of weren't even talking about what the score actually was. You were just like, "Well, Will, you're ahead." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, I, yeah." I don't. Even, I didn't By even know how much. A sizable margin, ahead, but yeah, yeah, a sizable yeah. margin. So, uh, yeah, now I'm behind. So there you go. Time for me to get back on it. All right, always appreciate it, my friend. Have a good one, brother. That is Will Brewer joining me on the Colby Daniels podcast presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, and Delta 8. Right now, we're saving you 15% off your online order when you visit abotanicalcompany.com. Use the discount code ColbyShow at checkout, C-O-L-B-Y-S-H-O-W. Discount code ColbyShow at checkout for 15% off your online order at abotanicalcompany.com. Plus, they have a drive-thru for pickup, so it's easy, safe, and efficient when you pick up your order. But don't forget to use the discount code and save 15% off your online order. They're great people. They do great things for the the community around them. And uh, I'm just absolutely thrilled that Artisan Botanicals is a part of this podcast. So again, uh, great people. If you have any questions whatsoever, do not hesitate to give them a call. 405-458-9699. Everybody have a great day. Stay safe. And I will see you tomorrow. Podcast is over.